Yo, what's going on? I go by the name of Andrew Dada, and you are now tuned into the What's Going On podcast. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest who's going to speak on a very important topic. This man's a good friend of mine. I bestowed upon him the nickname of African GQ just because he's known for his such an eccentric style. So, I mean, you got to check this man's IG. This guy is an eccentric stylist. <laughs> he's also one of the funniest, smartest, and hardworking people I've ever met. He happens to also be one of my good friends, to the point I can call him my family. With that being said, I would like to give a special welcome to my man, Nana Kwesi. What's going on, man? Yo, what's going on? Thank you for the really amazing intro. That's that's a lot of high praise, yo. <laughs> Come on, man. I do this. I do this. <laughs> I appreciate the heavy. And as always, it's, it's very great to be here with you, man. Like, you're such a great friend. Always an inspiration in the gym, on the field, with school, like everything. Oh, this guy's gasser. Another <laughs> gasser, huh? It's all good. <laughs> so now that man, uh, for this topic, we're going to get in deep, bro. You ready? Sure, let's get it. Let's get it. So I kind of drew inspiration from this topic. Why not I ask people what they would like for me to talk more about on this podcast, you know, as we speak to this journey about how we're going to resonate as young adults in today's society. Um... One of, the, one of the people kind of the topic, kind of what we're going to speak about, but like I want to touch on it more in a, in a broader sense. She talked, spoke of hyper-masculinity, but like I want to talk about masculinity in general because I feel like a lot of times we kind of, I think, have it misconstrued or miscommunicated what that truly is. Do you, do you not agree? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. For sure. Definitely. Um there's a lot of talk about it on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram. You find, like, polls and stuff, and it's a hot topic right now, so I do definitely agree. Yeah. I also think it's really questioned just because, yeah, with that idea of social media being on the forefront of it, like, a lot of people, I guess it's just being more talked about. I think more being put to the exposure and being more put to the front forefront than it kind of used to be, maybe because we didn't have all that social media aspect way back when probably just like this is how it is or this is how it's supposed to be and that's it <laughs> i agree definitely all right so as always man like i said we're gonna get serious um shout out to sophie that's the person that did put me on this topic of hyper masculinity but we're just gonna talk about hyper masculinity even more and you ready to get serious yeah yes sir so talk to me what's masculinity to you um, personally, I think that masculinity is essentially like the expression of behaviors that has been as, like prescribed or ascribed to us um, as male identifying um, by society. It's like, oh, if you're a man, you're marked by these characters. And so for that reason, you have to do these things. That's mm-hmm. what I think I'd call masculinity as. Okay. No, I, I definitely, I definitely resonate with that. Uh, just because, even so, I got this from Gender, Nature, and Nurture. On this podcast, we only speak with facts, and we're gonna talk with these facts. That masculinity is defines the qualities, attributes regarded as characteristic of men, which, you, which is what you have basically said. And through that, with the, when I studied this research, I kind of understood that masculinity is kind of socially constructed. But even though research suggests that, like. Behavior is considered masculine or biologically influenced. So something as robust as a mustache, I think that's common in both boys and girls, but it's more commonly socially constructed that guys have the ones with the facial hair, right? Yeah. Even in, like, 
aggression, in turn, like something as complex as aggression, that's more kind of seen with with guys than it is with women. If I, I mean, if that's wrong, be feel free to interject. But I think that's where the generalization is. Yeah, because we typically find that um, we've been socialized to like ask women to shave, like or like to wax off that little darkness around their mouth. So definitely, like mustaches are like markers that identify. Uh, male ident- identifying people as men even stuff like broad shoulders that's kind of people only kind of resonate that with guys right or like <laughs> stuff like i mean i don't do this like i remember sometimes like you see on tv shows dudes burp like loudly in public, <laughs> and that's cool but if a girl burps like ew why do why are you doing that yeah definitely um glad that you mentioned like other aspects like the broad shoulders because outside of like being an athlete it's looked at as a mainly masculine feature because well like the the break into like adolescence or adulthood from childhood is marked apparently by um the widening of the shoulders to like allow for more muscle acquisition there might be an environmental factor to it because i think that Typically, like guys end up going into the fields that require a lot of physical work, and the broadening of shoulders is probably like to allow for that, or like how we've been taught it is that those mm. traits like were adapted to the male identifying species because they're going to be c- carrying the brunt of the work for that reason. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, carrying the brunt of the work. You elaborate more on that though, but. You mean like carrying the brunt of the work? Like typically, we find that a lot of sort of like manual labor, a lot of work that involves like a lot of brute force, oh, like, yeah, is yeah. heavily male dominated. Like lifting crates. Yeah, it's it's not to say that women cannot carry heavy things or that women cannot do manual labor or like women cannot be in fields which require um, like an excess of like manual or f- like physical labor. But it's just that we've noticed that more of those fields have been solely male dominated in that mm. you look at construction workers, you look at like carpenters, you look you look at painters, you look like you look at plumbers, all these people are typically mm, men. Dominated, right. Yeah. Even something like I know we were speaking about this yesterday, like something about like even like mixed martial arts. I'm glad, like I said, women are being put more into the forefront of it. Not that they were before, but like they're actually kind of being more put to the forefront, being like main adventures. Like, excuse me, one of my good fighters, Amanda Nunes, great fighter, great fight. One of the like she's called the lioness, but they also call her the baddest woman on the planet. Like I'm trying to tell you, bro, <laughs> knock me up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like st- stuff like. But you see a lot of her fights. A lot of her fights, she puts on greater fights than some of the dudes I've seen fight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that it's like she's dominating in a male-dominated sport. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. think that's also, like, pretty cool. I mean, that's a veer off track. Let's move on. So I said we're going to speak about masculinity. And shout-out to Sophie once again for this topic. Let's speak on hyper-masculinity, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What What is hyper-masculinity? And why do you see this being more prevalent in today's society? I, I'll start um, and say that hypermasculinity is a psychological term 
for the exaggeration of the marital stereotypical behavior. Basically, like, stuff like emphasis on, like, what we talk about, physical strength, aggression, toughness. You know, even when you're, like, in terms of great stress, you got to be tough. Ain't no, don't cry, nothing like that. Otherwise, you kind of looked at as, like, soft or weak. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What do you think, man? Yeah, I think that hypermasculinity is that cultural, like, overexpression of particular characters that mark an individual as a man. Like, you mentioned the emphasis on physical strength, dominance, like, assertion, aggression, um, limiting one's, like, emotional self-control and, like, restricting or repressing emotions or feelings, not necessarily communicating them in the right channel. All of that, I think, falls into hypermasculinity, just trying to seem more macho or more manly than usual. Like, what even is the term manly at that point, you know? Right. So, wait, what do you, wait, what do you mean by that, though? What, what's, what is the term manly at that point? Maybe, like, are you saying, like, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, are you saying, like, manly as in why are we pushing ourselves to be more this aggressive, this, like hero in a sense like in a lot of tv shows like hyper masculinity could be that you know that that prince charming that saves the woman from <laughs> the tower you know what definitely I'm or that that dude that's like sees the girl next door and tries to get with her you know what i mean so what do you mean by what is manly at that point Are you trying to say now we're moving to a fluid state of masculinity or like think hyper masculinity is fluid I think that masculinity is fluid because it's arbitrary and it's defined by whoever is identifying with it. Um, obviously, this is socially constructed. And so in and of itself, how it's defined is dependent on a given society at a time, um, the time that they're living in and just like the type of ideals that they subscribe to. And what I mean by what even as manly at that point is you find that in a lot of settings we're told of the manly thing to do is to not cry. The manly thing to do is to not talk about it. Right. The manly thing to do is to just walk away. Right. Which is which is very destructive in my in my opinion. Like I don't think that's the right way to um socialize a group of people or like to teach a society that the manly thing is to repress your emotions or to not learn how to communicate your feelings in an effective manner to not learn how to advocate for yourself because you find that a lot of a lot of guys growing up being very bad emotional advocates for themselves they're not able to communicate that a particular thing hurt their feelings and this is not just amongst guys or amongst men but also to women like not being able to channel it the right way and you find that it has a lot of adverse effects so is that really what manliness is? Is that really what we want to identify ourselves by? That Do you also think, like, I mean, sorry to interject, like, I know a lot of times when you say we talk about not opening up, finding the wrong way to communicate, is it just us protecting ourselves? Do you think we're, we, by nature, the reason why people say don't be like this, not how a man's supposed to act, is by inherently that men are more sensitive creatures? Can we say that? Um, I find that a lot of guys do say that they don't open up because, or, or I, so this is purely anecdotal of me. Mm. Um, this is based on who I've met or who I know. Um, I find that a lot of my guy friends go that they don't like to open up 
and you find this on social media a lot as well, that they don't like to open up because they opened up to some one person, their one partner, or this one girl somewhere, I don't know, 12th grade, 8th grade, <laughs> and she weaponized it against them. Like yeah, that high school drama. Huh? Yeah, like, they they opened up and said, well, these are my fears, or I feel vulnerable in this state, and then she turned around and then called him weak yeah. because, again, society, society has taught us that being open about those things makes us weak, and mm. it's just inherently... Inherently, that's misogynistic because society is inherently misogynistic because of the patriarchy um, in that women are seen as like the weaker gender or the weaker counterpart where those things that mark a person as like being a woman are identified as weak. And that is that is problematic, very problematic in my opinion. That is very problematic because now it's telling them that they can't really truly be themselves. They have to put on this front. And that's and that's what it leads to the programming. <laughs> like that's the programming. Why why can't they just be themselves? Like if the man want to cry, he wants to cry. I was like nine years old crying because I scraped myself. Somebody was like, <laughs> "Grow up, you're." My dad's like, "Grow up, you're a man." You know what I mean? Or like somebody else, like a friend, would be like, "Grow up, you're a man." I'm like, I'm only nine years old though. You know what I mean? I'm only just a kid. So, but then after that, I just stopped crying because I was like, "That's not attract. That's not attractive. Like to cry, like not supposed to feel sad. You know what I'm saying? You're just supposed to just take it. And it's like so weird to me because like now why I have to bottle everything up and I just feel even like worse. Meanwhile, I'm pretty sure like nine year old you felt that's great to be really painful. Like even if oh, <laughs> we're guys, we're men. Are men not prone to damage? Can we not get hurt, like physically hurt even? Can we not feel pain? Can we not express that we feel pain? It's. I tend to question these things a lot. That, Me too. That, um, I personally think they don't make sense. They're archaic. They're really dated, in my opinion. And I would like to know whatever the reasoning was for setting these things in stone as like these unspoken rules that we need to follow because it's just you you really think deeply about it and you, you begin to question what exactly was the reasoning behind it why exactly is it that as a man we should not express that we feel pain why is it that as a man we cannot admit that something is painful does being a man mean that we cannot ever be hurt that we cannot ever be damaged that we cannot ever go through something painful we cannot experience something that actually hurts us like honestly i'd like to know so now it's gonna bring up a good question i have for you is hyper masculinity really wrong like i think it's wrong you know what i mean judging from what this concept we just have i just feel like it's forced like since it's been programmed in us to be that aggressor to be that you know that physically macho dominating person like that strength it kind of just forces us not to really see that and kind of just have a softer side and this is going to say like hyper masculinity is truly wrong because it's like a direct parallel like direct conflict with femininity do you, do you not agree or how do you feel like about that yeah i definitely think that it's wrong um i think that the fact that society prescribes to us the way that somebody should behave or live their life simply by 
the association of their sex organ, I think it's pretty ridiculous to me. Um, you definitely summed it up right by saying that we are programmed um, growing up to associate violent or like overly dominant or overly assertive behaviors as masculine traits. And that incessant need to prove that one person is more macho or more masculine, it's quite pointless, honestly, because um, that line is arbitrary. Mm. That confirmation, in my opinion, is due to the subscription to gender roles, which is another topic to talk about. But like, I just always wonder, is there really a need to assert a certain dominance? Because I think that the mark of a charismatic person is that they're able to command a space without like obnoxiously going out of their way to make you feel like respect me. I I I dominate this space. Like this is my area. Funny how you say that. Like as an example, like this one dude, I was kind of working like. To, the front door at a party and like he was charging this is way back when he was char I was charging like ten dollars to get in and he was like he I think a girl was there. Do you know what I mean? A girl his girl was there and he was like I think trying to like make himself look macho like oh so I said, Oh, it's gonna be ten dollars to get in and he's gonna be like, What? I ain't paying ten dollars? I'm like all right, but bro, it's ten dollars. You you could leave. You just pay, bro. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, what? What you call me? I said, you, bro. And he's like, I'm not your brother. I'm not your father. You gotta stop playing with me. I'm like, why are you getting aggressive for? I'm, meanwhile, I'm talking to you like just how I'm talking right now. I'm talking like I was talking like that. And he was like, bro, I ain't playing with none of y'all. And I was like. Okay, but it's still gonna be ten dollars. What do you like? <laughs> you know what I'm talking, like what you talking about? <laughs> and yeah, he's paid it. He's like, but you know, I ain't playing with nothing. Nothing better. Know who I am? I'm like, bro. Like, it was never really like that because I wasn't trying to be aggressive with you. Even when I was working valet, um, this one guy, I told him like his car came late because you know they didn't tell us to go pick up the car until later, and then. I was like, sorry, car, so I'm sorry, sir, for the inconvenience uh, for bringing up your car. I uh, hope there's no problem. He's like, no, nah, there is a problem. All right, man, there is a problem. And meanwhile, he had his his girl with him, too. And I'm like, do men do that as an impression or like as in like a aggression type thing just to show who they like truly are? Like, I run this area like I'm the I'm in control. It's funny you mentioned because um, I took primate behavior and um, we studied different um, primate societies and you find that in in chimps, um, in baboons, <laughs> when there's a female around, um, the males tend to compete amongst themselves by like doing this aggressive show or this aggressive display where like they have to call out really loudly or like bare their teeth to intimidate the other males um to sort of like catch the attention of women and i'm not associating human beings with apes i'm saying that it that particular type of behavior just like reminded me of that and um people like to draw the line and say well it's evolutionary and it's found in nature that the male species tends to act in a more 
aggressive, more kind of intimidating way, especially when there's a female around. Um, and it's funny you mentioned that because a lot of a lot of the noise that was made in that scenario and the two scenarios that you mentioned, and yes, I called it noise because it was really unnecessary. It was a wanted. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> there was no need to do all of that. I mean, the the price was ten dollars. Paid ten dollars or, or leave. don't. Like, bro, that it's like it's simple. Like, would you would you thought you were gonna bully me into telling you to pay less? No. <laughs> <laughs> pay ten dollars or leave. Or like, but like. It's just funny how you say that, like, we do different things to really show, like, assertiveness or something like that. Like, I remember a good friend of mine, we go to, used to go to the gym. She used to be saying, I'm scared of the gym. I was like, why are you scared of the gym? Because the guys lifting weights intimidates me. And I'm like, how does that intimidate you? are just getting the workout in like everybody else. But I have to really look at what they're saying. Like, when I went to, like, retro fitness after after college was done, I could see what they're saying, like... I pulls up strong as hell, like Hulk Hogan, like <laughs> arms. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Lifting like a, like good, like you know, three fifteen on the bench. And yeah, I seen that. It's actually crazy, three fifteen on the bench. That's pretty impressive. And like, you just looking at like yourself, like, oh, I'm weak as hell. <laughs> <laughs> like I gotta step up. I gotta. But it's like that competition. I think that's what the the masculinity is. That competition, just be better than your fellow man. It's so crazy, so interesting. Cause that's why it's like, if you do that, that means I can't, I can't be a protector. Or subconsciously, maybe that's not. But like subconsciously, I always think like maybe I can't be the protector, or like I want to be, cause this one guy is just better, physically. It's it's funny you mentioned the gym because um, you, you, going to Star at Temple, um, I, like even before Star was um, constructed, IBC for example. So like at Temple, we even have sort of gendered gyms that's just like amongst the college students. Um, like most of the women go to Tough, where it's more. Um, free weights and like machines like just it doesn't really go high up you don't have like I don't think you have a lot of bench setups or like squat rack setups as opposed to like IBC was or presently is mm. or even like star right yeah. so a lot of women prefer to go to um, tough because one there's a lot more women there and guys don't typically go there because there are not enough heavy weights for guys to bro over like you know that that show of like masculine energy that you just mentioned <laughs> it's funny i even called it masculine energy but like just that show of hey look at me i can bench press like 315 i can like squat 400 and i mean it's great that you could guys compete amongst themselves into becoming better like physically athletically if and i i respect guys that do that i mean people set goals they want to get bigger they want to strength train and so they're like trying to increase their their rep max they're trying to increase um their weight like weekly and stuff so like definitely like go go off with that but you find that the gym is typically the place where like a lot of creepy things go on and a lot of guys like sort of a lot of guys i'm not even going to miss my words a lot of guys do bully women in the gym in that if a woman gets to the bench um the guy comes hey how many sets do you have left like or you mind I'll, and i'll, I'll low-key look and not even just women though 
God came on me and I'm like, I'm still doing my weights. He's like, hey, bro, uh, how many sets were like, I just started. Right. And you find that guys typically would ask the woman how many reps or how many sets she has left before they go to ask the other, to, to go ask guys over there. And I mean, you, I don't think that you can deny the fact that it's in thinking that, oh, she's a woman, she's going to be lifting a lot less. So, like, let me go ask her first. I could probably, should probably get off the bench before a guy does. But. I don't think that is pretty level ground. I don't think that is pretty equal because mm. it's just simply asking who is maybe more proximally close to you mm. or just asking whoever you're less intimidated by. Or I don't know. I don't want to speak for people, but I just think that you find that most guys will walk up to the squat rack and ask a woman like how many um, sets she has left or to the bench, especially to the bench, ask a woman how many sets she has left. Um, which is undermining that women also do use the gym to lift. And I find that it's this particular reason, at least among like my, my female friends, they tell me like when they go to the star, mm -hmm. guys are always asking them, hey, how many sets you have left? Or like just being creepy by like giving them unnecessary stares in the gym, doing a lot of other things that are, again, unnecessary. So like you find that in the gym, that show of masculinity and I, I dare say, like that excessive show, that hyper masculinity, like yeah. item, is really, really prevalent or like seen a lot in the gym. Because again, we've come to think of the gym as like the men's den, like the place that is male dominated. I think, I think that the conversation, yeah, you think like the conversation needs to be shifted towards like it could be everybody's gym. Exactly. Like, we don't need to have, like, gender gyms based on what's there. Right. I mean, I could I could be going through an injury or I could just simply not want to lift heavy today. Mm -hmm. And I should be able to go to tough and people not look at me funny because I chose to go to tough. Or women should be able to feel welcome in, For those in the middle. No, sorry to cut you off. Tough is, tough is another gym at Temple University. <laughs> yeah. And typically quote-unquote, is where the women go to work out, where the guys like to go to the IBC or STAR. Right. And an another thing, too, that, like, a lot of my female friends have mentioned to me is, like, they go to IBC or STAR, and it has a stench, and it's, like, another marker of, like, hyper-masculinity, where it's, like, oh, it's a guy's space, and, like, it's definitely going to smell a certain type of way, and that, like, people sweat a lot and don't keep like really good personal hygiene and it typically smells a certain type of way there's a stench and then people like equate that with being a man it's like oh the the the, the manly musk the manly stench but it's we shouldn't smell disgusting to be identified as guys it doesn't equate yeah, I mean, bro, bro, I smell like chrysanthemums. You know what I'm saying? I smell like dandelions. Like, what you talking about? <laughs> but I, like, I hate smelling bad, bro. And it's so funny because I'm glad now, like, stuff like that is kind of seen, like, personal hygiene is kind of being put at the forefront. Like, I remember I, I used to say this to my friend all the time. Like, I get a manicure and pedicure. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have women that tell me they appreciate me for getting that stuff. And I'm like, hey, for you, for me. <laughs> I like looking at my hands and I'm like, shake my hand. <laughs> See, I got my nails be looking shiny and all that. It's kind of cool. Like, I never had that before. <laughs> but, like, that personal hygiene, it should be made more of a habit that people should. It's kind of so funny how people think, oh, guys don't like, I, I don't have nasty nails. Guys always have, like, nasty toes. You know what I mean? 
like the the little cocaine finger with like the the, the little finger like really grown out long. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's yeah. a hazard, by the way, <laughs> and it sucks when hazard. it's almost safety. <laughs> safety first, guys. <laughs> like it's it sucks when it also breaks. But like, yeah. you're right, because. I, for one, take Pilates, and every time I step out, like, I get a lot of weird stares from men and women, from people in society, like, oh, he's holding a mat, uh, what's going on? And people automatically start to ask, uh, do you do yoga? I'm like, oh, I do Pilates, and the stare gets even worse, like, oh, it's not even yoga, it's Pilates. I would have thought you some Afro Samurai, I ain't gonna hold you. <laughs> <laughs> This guy. <laughs> but, like... I go out with my mat because I'm taking Pilates. I'm taking these classes um, because I wanted to better myself. Um, and people right. look at me weird. And people right. look at me funny um, right. simply because I wanted to learn how to control and move my body in space and like train my body. Um, also, I like, get more in tune with my body. And people look at me weird because we've sort of gendered exercises where, like, people look at yoga and Pilates as the more feminine exercises. And um, I guess maybe typically you find that, like, those spaces are dominated by women because there's a pressure placed on women to tone their bodies to look a certain type of way. Whereas, like, as guys, like, you're supposed to look more chiseled, more... um, more like bulky, bulky, more husky. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's quite, it's kind of interesting to me because um, that's the one we got explore for. Real. Yeah, like it's kind of in- interesting to me. Um, a person's choice to partake in a certain exercise, I don't think it should be dictated by society. I think it should be dictated by, by what the person. person needs or what the person wants. Right. The person needs and wants what the person wants to get into, what the person is about, what the person likes to do. And there shouldn't be any questions asked. There shouldn't be any unwanted stares. Like, there shouldn't be any... Talk your talk. (laughs) No, no, go ahead. Talk your talk. There really shouldn't be anything wrong with me wanting to do something that is not typically identified as masculine or male. I just think that that is another marker of, like, hyper-masculinity, where, like, people tend to go the the extra mile of, like, policing what you can do. So funny. So funny that you mentioned that. And I'm glad that you you finished with that great statement, cause now, bro, we about to take a quick interlude, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about something pretty deep. You wanna know what it is? Yeah, talk to me. We're gonna talk about toxic masculinity. Oh man. And then we're gonna talk about what we as men in today's society can do to make the conversation better, make ourselves more aware of hyper-masculinity, toxic masculinity, masculinity, wow, that was messed up, <laughs> and true masculinity. How you feel about that? I'm ready. You ready? Let's go. Let's go. This is what's going on. tuned into the what's going on podcast 
I'm here with my very special guest, Nana Quisi. What's going on, man? Yeah, we're just chilling. Just chilling. So, Nana, kind of fill me in on what we talked about before the break, man. We talked about what masculinity truly, what masculinity is, like a basic sense of it, right? Yeah. Then we went deeper and talked about hyper-masculinity. Why is it prevalent? Why we actually viewed hyper-masculinity as wrong. Yeah. Right. And yeah. We, I feel like we had some really interesting discussions when it comes to hypermasculinity, exaggeration of the manliness and the macho ness in terms of aggression and dominance. Or even how masculinity itself is just something akin to more of the male characteristics, such as like, you know, something small as a mustache, facial hair, or something robust as assertiveness. Yep. Yep. But guess what? We're going to go deeper, bro. You know what I'm saying? So let's go. We're going to talk about. Toxic masculinity. Crazy. And we're going to talk about, excuse me, from everything we just learned, what can we do as society or as men in this today's society to kind of make the, push the conversation forward for masculinity, to, to gain or to grasp true masculinity. What you think about that, man? Ready, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. So talk to me. What's toxic masculinity to you? Uh yeah. I think toxic masculinity ranges across like many different behaviors that are normalized in society today. Um I think that it takes hypermanity to like another level and teaches people, especially men, especially young men, that in order to be considered like a true man, a true male you need to exhibit certain problematic behaviors like excessively asserting your dominance in any given space, like refusing to express your emotions or communicate them or policing what other men as well as women can and should not do or can and cannot do what they can wear and what they cannot wear. Like just feeling like it is within your jurisdiction to dictate what a given individual can do. It's, Right. To me, that's toxic masculinity. Like you're, trying to, you're just trying to gain control, right? Yeah. Ain't that necessary? Like, I don't know why controlling behavior, why do people feel that's like a necessity? Like, I, we, I know we talked about this earlier, too, in the podcast, but, like, why do people feel, like, what happens if they, why do people need control over somebody else to feel better about themselves? Like, what would be... I guess the consequence, if it even is a consequence, if they lose that control over somebody. I think that, and I'm in no way educated enough to like make make a statement for everybody or to make it for like human beings in general. But I think that at our core, um, we're trying to protect ourselves. At our core, we're scared of who's going to hurt us, and we tend to lash out before. It's kind of like, oh, you see a. You see a threat, so like you see the threat before it can become a threat to you. It's in that space, it's kind of like, well, you're taking out your fear, your insecurity in that moment and trying to make sure that you've made it easier on yourself. You've like, you've claimed your territory in that space. Like, it's kind of like to me when, when a kid sees a bug, it's mm-hmm. like, 
they know if the, the bug stings them, it's probably gonna hurt. So like, they're gonna kill the bug first. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I'm like that. Like, if I see, if, if I'm to see any type of bug in my room, like, I'm not going to bed. Like, it's either I die or the bug dies. And, like, oh, that's facts. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was a kid, and like, there'd be certain places, like, not in my house, but like, other people, I see like a roach, right? Right, kill that, like, ASAP. Like, stomp on it, and it, even like certain bugs, like when I was a kid, I used to have like Nerf guns. I seen like a bee on somebody's <laughs> back. I used to like squirt <laughs> Nerf gun on her back just to kill that bee. And like, that's just so crazy. Cause I was like, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's like I think that at our core, like we try to in that way protect ourselves by eliminating whatever we think is a threat to us. Like we we lash out first. Mm-hmm. We need to make our presence known and aware and to be recognized as something to be feared yeah. so that the other the threat cannot like be a threat anymore to us. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly with ourselves, like Yeah. Personally I don't think it's necessary to like assert unnecessary like show this unnecessary display of like dominance because i think that is counterintuitive to the image that we try to pull when we like step in a place and we want to command respect by force mm. i think respect is earned and we tend to typically conflate respect with fear or fear with respect in that people think that they need to put a certain fear in you to gain respect and that conflation should never be made in my opinion so, leading up to that, what do you think are some signs of toxic masculinity? Because we really have to, I think, crack down about, like, if we feel like we really, or we don't truly know this, but I think we can kind of point out the signs in our sense, you know what I'm saying? So, let's just go over some of them. Uh, for my first one, what I viewed as some sign of toxic masculinity, of course, is devaluing women. Yeah. Like, toxic men tend to look at women as objects that can just completely exist to them just to, for what they want, where they want, when they want. Now, some examples I have, like, you see the cat calls, like, yeah, <laughs> what's going on? Hey, you, like, don't even try to get her name, like, like describe her, like, hey, you in a white dress. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, grabbing her, like, you know, some people, like, in a party to be trying to, like, <laughs> grab the arm and stuff, just saying, excuse me, or something like that. Yeah. Like, do you see that as, like, you know, some type of characteristic or sign of toxic masculinity? Yeah, I think that it's very um, evident in what we mentioned with, like, asserting that dominance. Like, think, like making it seem like people are disposable and are, like, objects of them, especially women, because we, we've we grown up, like, looking at women as, like, a, as, like the weaker um, gender, like, the weaker um, counterpart, and... In that way, like, we tend to disrespect women a lot, like you mentioned, with the cackling, um, which brings me to a very interesting one. It's been talked about recently a lot, where, like, guys refer to women as female. Right. Or, or with the B word. Like, the B word. That is highly disrespectful because um, guys, women. guys like, attach, like, that ambiguity, like you mentioned, like, A-U, A-U, A-L-O-M-A, or even instead of, like, like, getting to know their name. Right. Sorry, my bad. No, you're good. Uh, even, like, with, uh, like, the term girls, I know I said it mentioned earlier, but I always say, like, my girl or, like, my girl, but, like, girls, like, instead of, like, I think we got so used to saying girls that, like, 
we forget that they're women <laughs> our age because women would always call us men, but like we always fail to say like I think that just goes back into the first stigma of like how we much. I think subconsciously that devaluing plays a part. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like the system is inherently patriarchal, and you find that, like, I like to just like circle right back to like calling women females, right? Because a lot of people think that there's no problem in calling a woman female because if you called me a male, I'm not gonna have a problem with it. But then I think that the point is not about whether or not you, the guy, would be offended. It's in the mere fact that that ambiguity in referring to a woman who has a name who has a story who has a life has been reduced to just a female and if women tell you that they find that disrespectful it really isn't about whether or not if you were called the opposite of a female which is male you'd be offended or not like it's really not about how you feel as a guy just it's just there is a lot to somebody and just diminishing their entire existence or like personality or persona to referring to them as female is just inherently disrespectful because a lot of people fall back on calling women female so as a as sort of a crutch for not calling them the b word right and it's mm -hmm. the b word in itself has been derogatory since its inception and then even with that a lot of people will be like oh but she calls herself the b word too and i think that well, if she chose to call herself that, that's her prerogative. Much like um, likening it to when black people call themselves by the N-word. Like, there's, they, there's a reclamation of what their word means to them. And, and the way in which they use it is not how typically you find that in our, in our society. It's used, like, in our, in our music, um, on the corner, in the streets, like, in even in our classrooms it's typically in a very um disrespectful manner to women and it's so, and for mo for some guys that i've come across they say oh we understand calling them the b word is just offensive and so i'm saying female but if you know that that is a replacement like it's kind of like using a replacement slur to refer to somebody as another slur when calling any person by a slur in itself is problematic it's that's offensive like, that's like using the s-h-i-t word and like sorry we don't just we don't curse on this podcast so is why we don't really <laughs> we're not really saying the cuss words but it's like using sugar honey iced tea right do you know what i'm saying right and it's like bro you just better off saying <laughs> the word i think <laughs> like but like it's just more weird that people really try to like censor themselves when like, you can just really just not use it in your vocabulary if you don't really find it offensive Exactly. Let's go on to the next one. Next sign of toxic masculinity, uh, which is so funny to me because when I found this on the website, uh, what was the website? The Dating Bliss Toxic Masculinity, What Are the Signs? They mentioned narcissism. Narcissism. And they go on, and it's going to say, like, if you ever met a man who thinks he's never wrong, has an ego that doesn't quit, wants to dominate every conversation and situation, self-love, egotistical admiration for one's attributes. And this is this this topic is so iffy because narcissism is such is also very fluid, right? Because you should have self-love. Like we promote self-love like all the time. You know what I'm saying? You should have a I feel like you should always want to win. Why would you want to lose? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, yes. 
I view that thinking, I think what they're trying to say is the closed-mindedness is the toxic masculinity. The idea of, like, I don't want to change. This is my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Either you leave it alone or you move on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or not. Basically, the lack of empathy yeah. in that narcissistic attribute. Or, like once we said, dominating every conversation and situation. Like, oh, this is my money. Or I don't have to pay you for this party. <laughs> Alright, don't go. <laughs> is it by force? <laughs> you know what I mean? What do you think, man? Egotistical too, man. Talk about it. Yeah, I think that narcissism is a trait that is in um, people, period. It doesn't matter if you're a man, woman, or if you don't identify in the binary. Like, I think that any and everybody can show narcissistic traits however um i think it's a sharp marker or identifier of toxic masculinity because it circles right back to that power struggle that that incessant need to possess power that um the patriarchal system is set up like like you mentioned never thinking that they're wrong like thinking that the word is law and this this like bleeds into a lot of other things like which are um societally influenced examples are like religion culture and i'm not here to talk against or about people's religions or cultures but then we can admit that there are those elements of um favoring like the 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 man over the woman or like debasing the woman to just like ha- like rehash the earlier point of like devaluing women it's like you raise a man to like you put a woman down to raise a man's status or to to like tickle the ego of a man and it comes right back to exactly what you mentioned being egotistical mm-hmm. so like men in that right feeling like well it's been given by all these avenues like what however we grew up these avenues have allowed for us to just feel like well guys are on top there it even goes back to the saying the very popular saying this is a man's world mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's in it's in our song lyrics and everything like this is a man's world that is essentially like self-gratifying of the man and wanting to dominate the space wanting to like never quit and amen like self-love is great like we advocate for self-love you need to love yourself you need to love yourself but however like putting other people down to love yourself is that really loving yourself i don't i don't think it is or that that means you hate yourself i think if you have to put someone down to like put yourself up you hate yourself (laughs) why i say you hate yourself because you feel like you you the next person's better than you so you have to say they have to shut him down to make you give that self-gratification of yeah like i'm better so you suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So next one, which is a very cool... <laughs> it's, it's so funny because this resonates with me. Cause I, I think if anything talks about masculinity, emotionally detached might be one of the things. I've been called sensitive, but like I've also been known where... All right, let's go even go into it. Like, have you ever met a man who never shows emotions even when something bad happens? They can't show emotions or remove themselves from their manliness even for a moment. Like, like you know, I used to, I used to be a crybaby. <laughs> like, it takes a lot for me to show, like, me crying to somebody. Like, I could be cool. Like, you'll still see me, like, being, like, kind of, like, anxious or jiggity. But, like, to really get me to the point of, like, breakdown, sadness, like, 
and show that in front of somebody, that's a lot. And I don't, and I've been told sometimes, like, I can't show my emotions properly or, you know, I can always try to keep my cool. Some Like, when something bad happens, but, like, a lot of times just me just holding it and making sure, like, being smart enough to do, like, if I say this might be a wrong move, what do you think? Or do you think that's still toxic? Like, should you really reveal your every emotion in that moment? I mean, I don't know, bro. Like, <laughs> I personally have been call, called um, emotionally unavailable before. I've been called um, emotionally detached before as well. Um I think that a lot of the behaviors we put up as adults are things that we picked up from our childhoods. The first model are from the home. So, like, if our dads kept telling us, like, you're not supposed to cry because men don't cry. Um, because there's a, like, I, I grew up being told that there's a pressure placed on the patriarch, the the father, the breadwinner, the one who's putting food on the table down um mm-hmm. to bear an image and that like crying is a sign of weakness and right. so if you're seeing that your rock your your patriarch if you're seeing that your um your your financial security source is broken down and weak it teaches you to look at the act of showing that weakness a certain type of way and um when when dad is telling you that um you shouldn't cry and mom is telling you well men don't cry and obviously this is not to speak for the for the masses because there are many homes where this is not the case right but for a lot of people for a lot of people that i know um they've mentioned that they grew up hearing all around them in society and their classrooms Oh, as a guy, don't cry. Like on the playground. Oh, you're you're a man. Why are you crying? Like that's a weak sign. Again, as mentioned earlier, that those traits that are likened to um, the feminine characteristics right. are seen as what makes a man weak or less of a man, or that devalues their masculinity. And I think that masculinity is defined by whoever identifies with that. And so we learn to repress our feelings because. To show that we're hurt about something, we're going to be clowned or we're going to remember how uncomfortable it felt mm-hmm. when we tried to express it and they told us, look, men don't cry. Yeah. And that's the only memory that has like formed part of like how we assimilate that type of feeling, that type of um, information feeding like in our brain. And so we just end up n- not opening up. We'd rather shut it all in. And this extends into how we find that a lot of depression anxiety and suicide cases are a lot higher in men yeah um it is commonly known especially in today that um in today's times that the majority of uh, mental health issues are suffered amongst men because there are no proper channels for men to um advocate for their emotions there are no proper channels that men can find that they can easily let out about what's bothering them about the pressures of being a man and it's weaponized against them mm-hmm. because everybody in society has been taught that look it's it's a sissy move and <laughs> even using uh, a, a, a gendered term like sissy in itself is testament to what I'm talking about I think 
definitely hear you. That's gonna be kind of cool how you mentioned that, like, sissy move, or the idea to be dominant, because it's leading up to our next thing about controlling and possessiveness. And in that statement, controlling and possessiveness, uh, you kind of view it as, like, I feel like men naturally want to be, like I told you before, like, I kind of view myself as wanting to be a provider and a protector. You know, that's why I go so hard on my grind, like, when I work, why I'm in school so I can get that good job, of course. You know what I'm saying? Like, but even, like, working out, making sure I'm that protector. But I think people, we as men, can kind of take it a little bit too far. The idea that we need to control our situation and make sure everything's set to our schedule, not putting in the mind, excuse me, that the other person has feelings or the other person has their own life. It's not just they're working around your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, we have to feel the innate. Like, I was asking that question about why we feel we have to need the innate controlling and possessive nature in our environment. And I think. It really does stem from that idea that we want to be protectors, you want to be providers, you want to be that person that can do those things that people can look up to and say, yo, go to Andrew, he knows how to do this. Go to Andrew, he can got you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go to Nana. Nah, yeah, Nana, nah, nah, I'll do that for you, bro. Andrew definitely got you, though, like. <laughs> oh, man, cool. You, guys, you, know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, like. I think somehow we, we do tend to take it overboard. Like, there'll be times, like, I'm not going to lie, like, I did feel like I was out of control sometimes, and I didn't like it. Like, it made me angry. You know, like, why is this not going my way? Why why are you going out the green, the plan I had? Mm-hmm. Come, now to come to find out, life teaches you, like, you can have a plan all you want <laughs> until life punches you in the face. <laughs> you know, I changed that for Mike Tyson. You know, Mike Tyson was like... <laughs> Yeah, whatever plan you... Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Well, life <laughs> definitely has... Everybody has a plan for life until it punches you in the face. You know what I mean? But, like, you really start thinking, like, life really does change whatever plan you have. Like, okay, I'm going to be like this, like that. And then, say, like, even, like, with the whole COVID-19, like, everybody had trips for the summer. That got canceled ASAP. ASAP. Shut it down real quick. Because life hits you. Life yeah. definitely hits you. Now we're all stuck in quarantine having Zoom parties. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but going back to topic, bro, like, do you feel like hypermasculinity and toxic masculinity are the same? I think they're slightly different. Like I said, even though they are talking about the same toxic or same bad aspect of masculinity, like, one is talking about the overaggression of the male dominant trait, and one is talking about, like, the behaviors that are been programmed well they both talk about behavior they've been programmed to us but like one's talking even in extreme measures about how they've negatively and affected our health mm-hmm. and what society views men to be mm-hmm. do you agree um i'd say that in some ways like it's, it's I, I think it's really understandable how like people view them as one and the same i think that I don't know. It's like the it's like the Uruburus. It's like the snake that eats his tail, the dragon that eats his tail. To me, I think that they're as a result of each other, mm-hmm. um, because t- toxic masculinity is marked by these um, beliefs that men need to exhibit like this aggressive nature, this aggressive, these aggressive behaviors um, to 
validate their masculinity and hypermasculinity is as a result of them or is the showing of these these traits that we understand as masculinity and like taking it an extra step so in that in that way it's like they sort of lead to each other or like they're sort of the same to me like quite personally i think that they they're like as a result of each other that well, toxic masculinity is the overarching term of all the destructive um, behaviors or attitudes or all the destructive things that um, we take this hyper masculinity because I think the qualified hyper is saying that, okay, well, there are certain traits that have been traditionally from a place of sometimes science, but mostly culture marked as masculine behaviors and like, it goes overboard with it. Mm. I think that's what the hyper right there is like. It's like you take the normal, you take the norm, you take the the status quo, and then you like go overboard with it. You overdo it in a certain type of way. So I think that hyper masculinity is like the working of toxic masculinity, and toxic masculinity is the overarching term that is encompassing all of these things that we've mentioned or these things that we've talked about. That's a fact. That's a fact. And like we can even end on this aspect. So now. How can we be better aware as men? You know what I mean? How can we I guess push the conversation forward? I'm not saying everything gonna get solved in the day. Everything you know, what do we're only what, twenty, twenty three, twenty two year old talking about what masculinity is when we don't even know the true aspect ourselves. We're just becoming young adults, right? Yeah. So like how can now we better where to push that conversation forward? So like we're not gonna be perfect, but at least we can be a lot better than we used to be. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think and correct me if I'm wrong, like, we must take a stand for, we must be accountable for our actions, right? Now, yeah. knowing what aspects we have that are toxic, you know, say, like, yo, instead of saying, like, nah, I don't think I'm doing that, but say, like, you actually did it. Like, it's okay to say that you actually did do these things. It's okay to say that I'm not proud of it, but I was this person. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that first that accountability that you have can kind of push you forward. Because, like, you realize you made a mistake. And then we let's fix it. Let's work. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, we must try to find a way that we can't really harm ourselves as the next man or the next woman. You know? Because, yeah. like, today's society, that's, I think that's what we think manhood is. Like, an act of, like, harm against each other when it's not. It's a beautiful thing, honestly. Yeah. Teach you how to be a I feel like true manhood can really teach you to be a brave, courageous, you know, exuberant person. Like when you're in a room, people know what you they don't you don't you don't have to say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like manhood also is a capability or the love of your fellow man or woman. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes mm-hmm. we're required to act, sometimes we're required to show love. It's not about hate, not about dominance. Dominance is not true love. That's, that's not even You know what I'm saying Yeah I think that we have to Show that love bro And I, I think that's what I've learned from today's message Of what today Like what masculine truly is We have to show that love For our fellow men and women That's the only way We can truly I think I think we can truly Move that forward Yeah Anything else to add bro? Yeah I think that um, It is worth it To acknowledge that <laughs> the system has been patriarchal from jump and that the status quo has been typically in debasing women. I think we are the first step is acceptance. I think that we need to accept that this is what it's been. Now, 
I think the next step is understanding that, well, it's wrong. There's nothing dignified in putting down women simply because they have different um, physical markers than we do. And mm. even like, especially now more so than ever, even now, like, it is up to whoever is identifying what they choose to identify mm. as. And information has been made re readily available right now, especially in this present day. So like refusing to do that is just like being closed minded. And I think the next step in that is like being open minded and ready to learn, mm. being ready to have these conversations, because yeah. I, I do understand, I do recognize that these conversations are pretty difficult to have mm. um, on both sides. Yeah. And, just having an open mind, being willing and ready to hear what somebody has to say, we really can learn from each other. Sorry. It's great that like we sat down to discuss this topic. It's great that we talked about it. But like yeah. beyond that, it's just like being willing and open because information gets updated every single minute, every yeah. single time. Yeah. Like it's yeah. always changing. Right. You cannot choose to be stuck in the old ways. Like just be willing and accepting of how information is changing, how things are going about in the world and just like keeping an open mind. There's right. no there's no dignified aspect to being closed minded, especially about how people identify. It's it's a person's identity. And I think that masculinity, whatever it is, is solely dependent on what the individual identifies it as and it shouldn't be something that is prescribed and forced down everybody's throats i think that there's there's a range and there, there's like there's a spectrum for which everybody can exist on it because like i like i mentioned like it's what you identify as and and it's how it's also the, the growth i think true masculinity happens with your maturity i know maturity is of course for both sides but like True masculinity is the maturity to, you know, how it's not what you say, how you say it, not what you do, how you, not what you say, it's, but it's the timing of what you do, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the true, honest maturity. And I'm, I'm going to just end with that point. Like, in order to truly, I feel like in order to truly be a man, we have to, one, be empathetic, mature, and love. Live, learn, and grow as well. Yeah. And, yeah, man, well... That's all for today's episode of What's Going On. <laughs> I want to thank y'all once again for just tuning in to the very to the episode, to the episode, man. It's really been an honor. It's really been a pleasure that you guys could tune in to a dream of mine. This podcast has really been a dream of mine. As always, Nana, thank you so much for tuning in for joining me on this journey as we discover what manhood is. Man, it's always been a pleasure to talk with you today, man. Yeah. Let me know. Let them know where they can find you. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> let them know where they can find you at, man. You know you gotta get the followers up. <laughs> uh, my Twitter and Instagram are both underscore I am Nana K underscore I A M N A N A K A Y. Cool, yeah. cool. You know, as also please follow me on IG as well at Dada two underscores the two underscores Don. And follow the page, the What's Going On page at what underscore S going, G-O-I-N-G, on pod. And Twitter at Dada Veli, two underscores at the end of Eli. D-A-D-A-V-E-L-L-I. You know what I mean? Make sure you check us out on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You know, we're going to be on every major 
podcast platform, whatever you could tune in, tune in, man. Live, learn, grow. Like I said, you know, make sure you just never miss out. You know, we got some good topics, good conversation, dope music as well. And speaking of dope music, we're about to get into a very good song to close out the episode. Shout out to my guy, Chase Sav. Yeah, make sure you guys follow him, Chase underscore Sav. He's an upcoming artist. And I appreciate him for putting this song, allowing me to use this song for my platform. So make sure you guys go give him a listen. The song's on Apple Music. It's called Set the Tone, and we'll see you guys next time. Girl, I know you need a map, baby And you know I'm the type to do you right Treat every day just like it's February The 14th ain't ordinary So let me taste the forbidden fruit I sip the juice like it's cranberry Set the tone, girl, it's vibrant Lick a wine, girl, we young, know you like this Baby, if you want the moon, I'll bring the sky 